Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Well, good morning. I'm super excited you're here as we have a lot going on as we go back into uh, really the, the school year and uh, all the things just that are, are really incredible. And one thing is uh, I'm super pumped. I'm pumped about this series that we are in. We're actually in week three of the series entitled Quit Church. And again, this is uh, based on a book by a mentor and friend of mine. So I will challenge you this. I'll challenge you to get this book. Maybe you made a goal to read a book this year. Maybe you didn't make a goal, but you figured, hey, maybe I should do this. I'll challenge you to get this book. Again, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Go to Amazon. You can get it there. But it's a great read, and it's a great way just to, to continue on what we're talking about on Sundays and really even put it more in your life. And again, the book isn't talking about quitting church, right? It's not talking about quitting to come to church. Uh, that would not be a great uh, thing to tell you as a pastor and really, really pretty biblical as well. But what we're talking about is we're talking about quit doing church the way culture says to do it and start becoming church the way Scripture displays for us, right? Really to change our mindset. And if you remember, we started off this series, we talked about how we need to quit expecting the church to be perfect. Again, we need to quit expecting the church to be perfect. And we talked about this. Life changed church is not the perfect church. Right? Mind blower. Some of you guys are like, oh my goodness, I thought this was the perfect church. No, it's not, right? And we need to quit expecting the church to be perfect. And here's why. It's because none of us are perfect. Look to your neighbor right now and say, you're not perfect. So what I like to see here is the smart husbands actually turn to their other neighbor, right? They didn't turn to their wife. Like the smart spouses did that. Listen, there's something that happens. Like those that have been married for longer than 10 years are usually a little bit smarter, so they turn the other ways. And those who have been married for under a year will turn the other way. But there's like a dumb phase that goes on between like year one and 10. Let's just be honest, right? That's where a lot of us are. But the truth is none of us are perfect, right? I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. We all make mistakes. We all have some things that we carry alongside of us. And that's why the church isn't perfect. So we started off this series talking about how we can't expect the church to be perfect. We talked about how we need to quit expecting the church to meet our needs, but instead start meeting the needs of the church. Start meeting the needs of others. Then last week we jumped in and we talked about our finances and we talked about how we need to quit thinking that our money is ours. Because the truth is we're all called to steward the money that God has given us. Listen, to become the church the way Scripture displays for us, we have to change some of our common ways of thinking. We have to quit some of our common mindsets that we have. And again, this comes from Scripture, comes from our main Scripture for this series, which is Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 2. So I challenge you again to write this down. If you haven't memorized it yet, start committing it to memory. Go back and read over it. And if you have your Bibles now, turn there with me. Now make sure you highlight it. But it's Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And if you don't have a Bible, we always push the Version Bible app. In fact, you probably get sick of hearing me say this every single week, and I almost say it the exact same way. But the truth is we want you to read your Bibles more than just on a Sunday. Right? And the Bible app is an incredible way to do this because you can actually put it on your phone. And if you're anything like me, like I forget my phone, I turn around to go get it. Right? When I don't have my phone on me, it's a, it's, it's a panic moment. Like I don't know what's going on, and it's, it's one of those scary things. So I always have my phone on me. So what better way to have the Bible on my phone that way I can read it whenever, read it every single day. Read it in the morning, read it during downtimes, and there's reading plans too. So I challenge you to download that, download the YouVersion Bible app. Again, we're going to go to Hebrews here. And Hebrews, again, was written to the Jewish people who believed in Jesus at this time. 
And now these people, the Jewish people, they're actually known for their religious rituals, right? They knew they had a lot of traditions, they had a lot of motions that they were used to going through. So the author is writing to them and saying that, you know what, there's some things that you may have to throw off. There's some things that may take your focus off and you have to throw those things aside. It says this here in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen, the truth is we're all in this race, right? We all have this plan for our lives. God's got a plan for each and every one of us, and we're called to live it out. But there's some things that hinder us. There's some things that entangle us. There's some sins that we, that we have, and there's really some ways of thinking that keep us from achieving that. So this passage of Scripture is talking about getting rid of those things, right? Quitting those things that are holding us back. Quitting those mindsets. Quitting those acts and quitting all those habits, right? Really to quit doing church the way we've always done it. Quit looking at church the way culture says, but start becoming the church the way Scripture displays for us. Because the truth is, if we don't, if we don't quit some of our approaches to church, if we don't quit some of our mindsets and our attitudes towards church, we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out on what God has for us. We're going to miss out on on church big C of of reaching and building the kingdom of God. So through this series and today, what I want to do is I want to challenge us to quit. Quit our normal way of thinking and instead become the church. And today specifically what I want us to do is I want to challenge us to quit being a consumer and start being a contributor. Quit being a consumer and start being a contributor. Quit consuming church. Quit consuming church. And here's, a, here's really a hard truth that I want us to walk away with and, and to get that our culture doesn't get, that we don't learn from our culture. But the church isn't built for us. We were actually built for the church. So we need to quit consuming church. And again, this is, this is a big change and our mindset, right? And everything you look around at, everything is kind of built for us. It's built for our consumption. It's built for, for us to, to really take in. I mean, if you think about it, there's things that we consume every single day. And no matter what part of life we have, there's opportunities for us to consume things. I mean, just think about driving down the street, right? So I drove down 21st Street, and I just kind of took a list of, of some things that were there. If you check it out, this is basically from 21st Street to here, right? These are all the things we can consume. You look at it, there's rallies, there's Tim Hortons, if you want to get your coffee, there's River Road, there's my personal favorite, which is Roosters, right? Chipotle's always good, and right now, each and every one of you are hungry and are figuring out, okay, well, this is a great list of what I'm going to do for lunch right now. But if you look at each one of these, what are these? They're things we can consume, right? They're food. They're food options where we go to, where it's already made for us, and we walk out, put together with something that's designed specifically for us. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't walk into any of these places and say, hey, I'm just going to go behind the counter and make my own burger. Like, that's not what I do. We go in there expecting to get something back. We go in there expecting to consume it, right? It's our culture. You drive down, this is just like a a mile and a half stretch down 21st Street. Our culture, we see this in the same consume, consume, consume. I mean, think about when we turn on our TV, right? When we turn on our TV, for many of us, this is what we see. We have our smart TV, we have our our Roku stick or our our Amazon Fire stick or all those things, and then what do we do? We have TV built for us, how we want it, when we want it, exactly for us so that we can consume it. I don't know about you, but I was a kid and a child of the 80s, so I remember TVs, and I was a poor kid and a child of the 80s, so I remember TV, and you had this thing where you actually had to turn it. It was weird. 
It wasn't a remote, but you had to actually get up off your couch and turn it to find a station that you liked. It was weird. I don't know what they were thinking back then. But then you go through there, and then you actually had to, like, design your life around a TV station, a TV show. Like, if you had your favorite show that was on, like, it came on at a certain time. Not when you wanted, but on a certain time. So you had to put your schedule around that in order to see it. If you got really creative in the late 80s, they had these things called VCRs, and you could actually record, but half the time it didn't work, and half the time it would eat the, the actual uh, video as well. So it was just kind of crazy. It wasn't built for us. But now what do we do? We turn the TV on, and it's geared towards us. We can watch whatever show we want whenever we want at our fingertips because the culture around us is built for our consumption, and we consume things every single day. But what's crazy is this. What's crazy is that we were built for more than just consumption, right? We were not just built to consume things, but we were built for so much more. And here's what I want us to get. Here's why we need to quit consuming church. Here's what we need to understand. Each and every one of us, we were made to serve something bigger than ourselves. You were meant to serve something bigger than yourself. And what that is, that's just contributing. Contributing is giving to something that's bigger than oneself. And it's what we're called to do. It's what we were created for, right? You were made for more than just consumption. You were made for contribution. You were made to contribute. See, what happens is when we consume something, it actually goes away. When we consume something, it's actually only, it's only temporary. Right? Consumption by its very nature consumes and takes something until it's completely gone. And then what you're left with is actually you're left with waste. We won't get into that, but just saying, right? That's what consumption is. That's what consumption is. But when we contribute, what happens? When we contribute, it grows. When we contribute, it builds. When we contribute, it continues on. And here's what's amazing about the church, Big C. The church exists because people understood this. The church exists because people from the very beginning of it understood that they needed to contribute. If you look through Acts, the beginning, and then the early church, the church came together and they contributed to each other. They contributed to the bigger cause. They contributed to something bigger than them. Right? If you look at the early church, what they did is they came together. They prayed together over their needs. Right? They worked with each other. They gave to people who were in need. They met together like we just had communion today. They would have communion on a regular basis to remember all that Jesus has done for them, but to also allow each other to pray for each other, to share and do life together. Right? That's, what contribution, that's what contribution is. And when that happens, it grows, it builds Right? This is what the early church was, and this is why we exist today, because they threw off the things that hindered them. They ran the race, right? They ran the race, and they fixed their eyes on Jesus and not just themselves, right? They threw off that old religious, that old religious way of thinking, and because of it, the gospel spread. The church exists because of that. I mean, think about it. Think about life-changed church. Life-changed church exists because people understood this. Listen, we're getting ready to celebrate four years here in September, which is crazy, Four years. We would have never made it in four years without people understanding that they had to contribute, without people understanding that they had to be faithful to, the, to really the church and faithful to God. I think it's amazing. I look back at it, and uh, really, we started planting, we started prepping for the church about a year before we launched in September of 2014. So a year before this, we started sharing this, right? We started sharing this dream of, of launching this church. And what's crazy is there's people that jumped on board and started contributing from that moment. 
Like, we would have never existed if it weren't for them. And I think, yeah, they, they were contributing to something that didn't even exist. I remember as we planned, and one of the biggest questions was like, well, how do you even start a church? And the answer was like, well, we don't really know, but we do with your help. So come on, jump on board, right? And people jumped on board, and they began to contribute. And then we actually were able to launch in September. And then now we exist because we have these things called serve teams. And each and every Sunday, there's people who serve. They serve in the church. And it's incredible. And it's amazing because people are contributing, right? They're contributing to something that's bigger than them. I want to brag just a little bit on, on some of our other things that are going on. This summer has been amazing as we're, as we're really vamping and getting ready for, for school to start. There's some incredible things going on. Again, our kids' life, the kids' life curriculum is, has been rebooted. It's been set up to where it's, it's amazing. You actually have an app. I will tell you the app is depressing. It shows you how many weeks you have left with your kid, and you're like, oh, seriously? How can, that, how can a week go by in a week? It's weird. Well, this is an incredible app, and I'm going over with my kids, and we're praying. There's different things, and I'm, it's amazing that we get to pour into them, right? And it's all because of, of people putting this together. There's an like amazing kids' life team led by, led by Kendi, led by Bridget, led by Natasha, led by oh, Allie Boers jumping in on this, and, and the Kayla, Beck, or Kayla Nilo's jumping in to get this curriculum ready so that our kids can experience God in a way they've never experienced before. So that us as parents, we can be better parents and bring God into our parenting a little more, right? It's incredible. I would challenge you, if you haven't downloaded the app, get the app. Again, right now for student life, things are changing there. If you look back there, there's this building we call the garage. We've never really used it for anything, but what's happening is we're actually going to make it function for something. You looked at it before, and it's just literally been a mess and a, a place of storage, but we're changing it around, and things are happening in there, and student life is going to meet there. And really, it's happening because people are willing to give to something bigger than themselves. Listen, I want to brag on people like, like Travis Linder, who's done the electric work in there, like Quentin Keener and, and his guys that I even work for him. They've been able to, to do a ton of work in there, right? TJ McAllister, Corey Bromberg went in and worked on some of the roof stuff. It's amazing that like, you need a roof for the, like, to have a building. It's weird, right? It's crazy. Seth Diamato's been doing a ton of stuff. And then we're even going to put heating and cooling in there. Ben Mangan's helping with that. Like, I want to brag on these guys because they're giving to something bigger than themselves. Listen, they're actually going to have heat during the winter. When they talked to me about it, I'm like, dude, they're students. They could probably just put a glove. Give them some gloves and a hat and a coat. They'll be fine. But no, they're going to have heat. All because people are willing to give to something that's bigger than them. Listen, it's bigger than a garage, right? It's bigger than drywall hanging up there. It's bigger than heating and cooling, but it's lives changed. It's students that will be impacted. It's decisions for Christ. It's faces that we may not even seen yet. It's names that we may not even know yet that will have a relationship with Jesus. It's generations to change and change, all because some people stopped consuming and started contributing. Listen, you were made to serve something bigger than yourself. And here's what I know. You won't be fulfilled until you do. You're always going to have this hole this search for something, because we are built for that, right? We are built for something bigger. We're called to contribute. And we see this in Scripture. We see this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 12 through 14. Again, we, we went over this the first week of this series briefly, but I challenge you to go back and read it and look at this. This is really Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And what he's doing, he's writing to the church, he's telling them how to act, he's telling them how to do church together, he's telling them how to do life together, how to lift each other up. And he says this in chapter 12, verses 12 through 14, he says, just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we are all given the one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part, but of many. We're all part of something bigger. Yeah, we're all different. 
And when you look around, you see these differences, right? But we're all a part of one body. And we all play a part. We all have something to contribute. We all have a purpose where we come together. And that purpose is bigger than anything we can imagine. That purpose is bigger than us. Now, I'll challenge you to go back and mark down 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and go back and read it. Go back and read it this week. We're not going to go into it now, but it talks about each different role that each part plays and how we all come together. We all come together as something bigger. In verse 27, that something bigger is this. It says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of us is the body of Christ. Talk about something bigger than us, right? Talk about something bigger than we could ever imagine. We're all created to play apart because we are the church. This is why we say this over and over. We just don't want you to come, but we want you to belong. We want you to jump in. We want you to jump on a team. Now, as I was looking at this and I was preparing for this, I went through what it takes for a Sunday morning. What's incredible is there's so many parts for a Sunday morning here at Life Change Church, right? Let alone just to make a Sunday morning work with our two services, let alone the rest of the week. There's a, there's a ton of moving parts. And here's why we found out. There's actually 56 serving positions on a Sunday morning. Think about that. 56 serving positions. Listen, if you come here before and you're thinking, man, I'm not really needed, like everything's going really well here, there's really nothing I can contribute to you. Listen, you're wrong. We need you, right? You have so much to contribute because you're a part of the body. You're a part of the body of Christ. You're a part of the church. You know, every Sunday we have 56 positions. That's 13 positions in our first impressions alone, which is through our cafe, our greeters, our connect desk, right? There's 13 positions in there. And our safety team, there's six positions. And our tech teams, there's, there's three positions that are rolling. And our kids' life, kids' life, there's 16 positions on a Sunday morning. 16 positions, right? That's the biggest team that we have. Well, let me tell you, it makes a huge difference. That team's making an impact for generations to come, right? We need 10 ushers. There's six people in the band Sometimes you might need a preacher to preach. You never know, right? So, but it takes people. And student life buildings open up. They're going to at least need three, if not more, right? It takes 56 positions to roll on a Sunday morning. That's crazy. But here's what I know. Because of the church, I want to brag on you guys. You guys are amazing. Because of the church, we're able to do this. Because of the church, because many of you have contributed, we're seeing people make decisions for Christ. And right now, we have 57% of our Sunday morning attendance serving. Right? That's awesome. Like, that's awesome. Still some people pulling double duty, but some people are stretching. But the truth is, we're doing amazing. But I think God's called us for more. Think about it. What if, what if we could have 75%? Right? What, if we could, what if we could do 80, 85, 90? What if we could get more, right? Imagine how many more people we could reach. Imagine how many more people would get to know Jesus because of us, because we're doing what we're called to do. And here's what I know about serving. We find purpose in serving. Right? When we contribute... We gain purpose. We gain purpose and we gain fulfillment. We overcome this self-absorption that many of us are prone to, that all of us are really prone to, right? We overcome this selfishness that we fight with. And here's what happens. Our souls are nourished. Think about that. Imagine your soul being nourished. And here's what happens. Here's what happens is when you serve with somebody, when you serve alongside somebody, you're going to remember that conversation. You're going to remember that conversation that you had with them far more than you ever remember my sermon. Listen, I, I'm, I'll just be real here, right? There's a lot of times by Wednesday, you forgot completely what I talked about. You forgot completely what I was speaking about, but you remember that conversation that you had with a friend that was serving. You remember that they needed prayer. You remember that they said that they'll pray for you, and that keeps you going on, right? That's what it's about, right? That's getting your soul nourished. 
That's what it's about. That's what happens when we serve. That's what happens when we contribute. We join God in his plan for reaching our community. Think about what that happened in our lives, right? What if we looked more like Jesus and less like ourselves? What if we lived out our purpose? What if we lived out that, that feeling of fulfillment? Imagine what that would feel like, right? What if our soul was truly nourished? Imagine not asking where God is in all this, but seeing him work in and through you. What if you joined him in, in his plan to reach your family, to reach your friends, to reach your neighbors, right? What if God used you to change a life? It begins when we contribute. It starts when we're contributing. And here's how we do it. Here's how we quit consuming and we start contributing. We serve. Right? If you're called to serve something bigger than yourself, what we have to do is we actually have to serve. And we have to follow the example of Jesus. Again, Jesus was the perfect example of serving us. He gave his life for us. He came, lived a perfect life, died on a cross, was risen again to serve us, to give us new life so that we could connect with God. And every part of Jesus' life, if you follow every part of his life, he was serving others. He's the ultimate example. And we're called to follow in his footsteps. We're called to look more and more like him. We're called to serve. And there's a great example of this and a story that many of us have probably heard, but it's the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 5,000 shows us how we can serve. So if you're taking notes right now, I challenge you to, to go back and you can write down Mark 6, 34 through 44. That's the scripture we're going to go over. And then we're going to actually spell out the words serve. So go to Mark 6, 34 through 44. And it starts off and says this. It says, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countrysides and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So here's Jesus. Really, this is setting the tone for the story. Here's Jesus and his disciples, and they're walking along, and there's all these people that are following him. So Jesus, what he does is he has, he has mercy on them. He wants to teach them, so he begins teaching. He begins preaching, and again, this is a huge crowd. Like, this is 5,000 people, and then it starts to get late. So the disciples... They really have that consumer mindset that I think a lot of us have. They think the crowd's awesome. They love the crowd. They're all pumped about the crowd. But they think that the crowd is there just to hear Jesus preach and teach. They think that they're there just to, to take and then go away. So they see that it's getting late. They begin to see this need and they say, Jesus, they need to go, right? You need to send them away so that they can get food somewhere else. But Jesus' response is crazy and it's the starting of what it really means to serve. He says this in verse 37. But he answered, you give them something to eat. And this is where serving starts. It starts with seeing a need and filling a need. Seeing a need and filling a need. Now understand this, the consumer mindset. The consumer mindset can see a need. They can see a need all day long. But the contributor, the contributor looks to fill the need. Again, if you look at the disciples, they saw the need, right? They saw that the people were hungry. But Jesus took it a little further. He said, give them something to eat. Give them something to eat. Serving starts there. When we see a need, we fill a need, right? When we see a need, we fill it. Don't just point it out. Don't just grumble about it. Don't just get mad and think, man, I believe that there's a gap there. Why wouldn't somebody just do it, right? See the need and then fill it, right? Don't wait till you are approached, but approach the need. That's what serving is. And for many of us, that's how we quit consuming. We quit consuming by seeing a need and then filling a need. So I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you right now, as we think about Life Change Church, as we think about doing this as, as a family together, we are a family as a church, think about it. Think about where there's a need that you see. 
Again, I said, I started off this series saying that we are not the perfect church. The fact that we're not a perfect church means that there's some needs here. Chances are you've probably noticed it before. What's a need you've seen around Life Change Church? And now the real question is this. What are you going to do about it? Right? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, do to fill it? Maybe it's time to jump in the kids' life team. Right? Maybe it's time to jump on our tech team. Maybe it's time to jump on our student life in the garage. Whatever it is, I don't challenge you to do it. Maybe you're part of that 57% that's already on the serve team, right? And you look around and you think, man, if we could just have more people, if we could get more people to jump in. Let me ask you, when's the last time you asked somebody to jump in? When's the last time you asked somebody to, to shadow you and say, hey, this is what I do. This, you can do this too. It's awesome, right? When's the last time you invited? For you, maybe the see a need, fill a need is to become the number one recruiter. I challenge you to see a need, fill a need. And if you look at what Jesus did, he saw a need, fill a need, and then he actually challenged the, the disciples. He challenges us to examine what you have. Examine what you have. Look at what you can do. Look at what you have. Look around you. Look at what others have. Look at your environment. Look at what can happen with the inventory you have. Again, if you jump back into the feeding of the 5,000, verse 37, it continues. It says, but he answered again, you give them something to eat. Jesus tells them to feed them, and then the disciples respond. They said to him, that would take more than a half years of wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? And then Jesus says this. He says, how many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. So Jesus tells them to give them something to eat. And that consumer mindset, they were looking at it and thinking, man, this is going to take forever. No way can we ever do this, right? It would take too much. But what they were doing, they were really overcomplicating it. Jesus goes back to them and says, what do you have? Right? Don't overcomplicate but what do you have? So they had to examine it, and they had five loaves and two fish. Think about it. Think about it in your life. What do you have? Right, don't overcomplicate, just state what you have. Maybe for you, maybe you have five loaves and two fish. Maybe what you have you think is, is, is minimal compared to the real task, right? And for many of us, it is, right? Again, what we're doing is we're serving something bigger than us. So for many of us, when we examine what we have, it's not going to be enough. When we examine what we have, we're going to look at it and think we're falling up a little short. But that's where the next kind of thing comes in is we have to rely on Jesus, right? The disciples, they looked at what they had, and then they relied on Jesus. They examined what they had, and again, it wasn't much. I think that's a feeling that many of us, we're, we're probably accustomed to, right? We have this feeling, we look at what we have, and like, you know what, I don't have much. It's not good enough. Or we have something, but it's kind of bogged down by a past. It's bogged down by some baggage that we have. It's, it's really, we think that this really doesn't allow us to do that. But what we're not doing is we're not relying on Christ. We have to realize that the, it's bigger than us. Verse 39 continues on, it says, Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in the groups on the green grass, so they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the loaves, the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. Listen, to move past just consuming church, we have to step down and let Christ be who he truly is, the head of the church. We have to let him do what only he can do to change our mindset, to change our mindset about coming to church just for ourselves and what we can get out of it. We need to change our mindset and say, well, what does Jesus want? What does he want me to do? How does he want me to act? How does he want to use me today? So even if you're here and you have that feeling that you're not worthy of serving, even if you're here and you feel like, man, I'm just not qualified enough, listen, hand it over to him. Examine what you have, give it to him, and rely on Christ. And then we need to visualize the outcome. Visualize the end game. Visualize how it impacts others. Look at Jesus was awesome at this. He said, feed the people because he wanted each and every person to eat. 
Now, again, the disciples were looking around, and they're like, okay, we got five loaves of fish, or five loaves of bread, two fish, and we're looking, okay, that would probably feed the boy and maybe a couple of his friends, right? That's it. Like that, for them, that was the outcome. But Jesus is looking like, okay, we have 5,000 people, we have that. Okay, the end game is that everybody is going to get fed. And that's what happened. In verse 42, it says, they all ate and were satisfied. Because Jesus knew that contributing is for the satisfaction of others, not just ourselves. We have to see the end game. We have to visualize the end game. We have to keep the vision first and foremost. And again, the goal of Life Change Church is to love others to life change. You've heard me say it over and over again, to love people into a growing relationship with Christ. What that means is that means when someone's coming through the doors, that we love them, right? No matter what, no matter what baggage they have, no matter what past they have, no matter what they may think of themselves or what may others may think of themselves, no matter what we even did and what, how our paths crossed in the past, right? We need to love them to a growing relationship with Jesus. We need to love them to a place where Jesus can work in their life because when Jesus does a work in our lives, it's permanent, right? When Jesus does a work, when the Holy Spirit comes in, it's transformation, it's life change that's permanent. For many of us, I think we forget that loving is what leads to that. So what we do is sometimes we sit back and we, and we judge people and we start telling people how to live. When we tell somebody how to live, it's only a temporary change in their life. They may change just to appease us, but it's not going to last. When we love them and we point them back to Christ and God does an amazing work, it's a permanent change. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to love people to life change, love people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Think about it. when you come to church, do you visualize the outcome, right? Are you thinking about the families and the, and the generations of families that, that could be set free from things? Or do you just come and check off a box as a part of a Sunday routine? Visualize the outcome because the outcome is bigger than anything we could ever do. And it's part of serving. And then finally is the E. The E is exceed expectations. When we serve, we need to exceed the expectations. We need to go above and beyond of anything that anybody would have imagined out of us, right? Don't just expect people for, to settle for good enough, but exceed the expectations. When we contribute, we provide excellence. I love the last part of the feeding of the 5,000 here in verse 43. It says, and the disciples picked up the 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. They picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. Right, talk about exceeding expectations, right? right? Talk about it going above and beyond. Again, the disciples, anybody saw what they had, they probably figured they'd just feed a couple boys, a couple little guys around the corner. But no, they fed 5,000 and then they had leftovers. Right, when we serve, we need to exceed expectations. We need to go above and beyond. Maybe that means we, we come early, we stay late, right? Maybe that we, when we, if we expect Jesus to participate in a miracle, maybe that means we go further than we ever wanted to go ourselves and exceed our own expectations. It means that we go outside of our comfort zone and to go all in. Well, we've got to do our part. Quit consuming church and start contributing. Serve. See a need, fill a need. Examine what you have. Rely on Jesus. Visualize the outcome and exceed expectations. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you today to, to jump in and contribute. Become a part of our serve team. Here's what I know. As our serve team grows, our church grows. As our serve team grows, the number of people who make a decision for Christ grows, right? As our serve team grows, we see more and more people come through the doors. Again, when we went to two services, we did a big push to jump and to build up our serve team. And what happened is we saw more and more people make a decision for Christ. Like, that's what it's about. God uses us for that, and it's an incredible thing. In fact, we have a challenge right now, and we have a goal for, as a church, by the end of the year, we want to see 25 more people jump in and join our serve team because we want the kingdom of God to grow. 
but we all play a part. You play a part. You were created to serve something bigger than yourself. If you would, pull out your connect card, your response card from the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, and maybe you never realized that you were meant to serve something bigger than yourself. And that something bigger is Jesus. Maybe you never realized that, that God gave his son for you. That God loved you so much that he gave his son for you. And your call to respond to him is to serve him and commit your life to him. You were created for something bigger and you won't be fulfilled until you do. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, and you've never made a commitment to him, I want to give you that opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to live fulfilled in your life. And what you can do is you can simply checkmark that box on the card that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. If that's you, checkmark that box and then believe that God loves you so much that he gave his son for you. And they begin to serve and begin to live that out. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to serve. Maybe God's asking you to jump on our team. Again, there's places on the, on the Connect card and the response card that where you can circle, maybe you're interested in, and you can jump in. Again, that the Connect desk, you can sign up and actually do a serve team application as well. But I challenge you to jump in. Right? Make it an action step that you put into place. If that's you, write that down and then begin and put it into place. There's also a place for prayer requests where we would love to partner with you in prayer. If you would, fill this connect card out. If you're a first-time guest, fill it out completely. If you've been here before, we want to partner with you. Just put your name on there and what God's asking you to do. You would take this moment to, to complete that and to get any ties or offerings ready. I'll explain it in the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.